Hey guys, I have today's mana, and I actually recorded it once, and it was having trouble sending, so I decided to re-record, so this is my second time through. <laughs> I hope there's an anointing on it. Okay, so as I was um, processing today what to share, waiting on the Lord, he, uh, I decided to open up um, the book that I've been studying. Um, it was yesterday, I believe, maybe the day before, the book of Haggai, and then... After last night's School of Passion, I thought, ooh, this is going to be perfect because it all fits together. Okay, so here in the book of Haggai, um, Haggai was a prophet, and he was sent to speak to um, Judah. And at the time, Zerubbabel, he was the governor of Judah. And Haggai was told to go and talk to these people. And, of course, we know that the um, prophets were sent when Israel or Judah was doing something that the Lord did not approve of to get the message to them, because that was the only way he could speak to them other than through his word. Now we have the Holy Spirit. Okay, so here in chapter 1, basically what the book of Haggai is about is that God was upset with Judah because they were neglecting the rebuilding of his temple. And the people in verse 2 Thus says the Lord of hosts, this people says the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. And when I saw this, and as I was reading through this, I saw this as a picture of a lot of times this is what happens to us today, to people in our um, society today, is that we just don't have time for the Lord. We don't set aside time for him, and we don't have time to rebuild his temple, which is now our bodies, because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we don't focus enough on rebuilding our temple, which is reading his word, worshiping, praising, and just spending time in the secret place and waiting on the Lord, if we don't do that, um, we we won't have all the fulfillment that the Lord has for us. And I believe today the Holy Spirit is constantly saying to us to rebuild our temple. And we as a people or have in our past lives, B.C., before Christ, have said now is not the time. Well, this in the Old Testament is a physical representation of the spiritual that we are now experiencing after the cross of Jesus, which is, is, is beautiful. So, but it also could mean the house of the Lord, like the physical house of the Lord, um, the cities that we live in. And this was what happened last night at the School of Passion. And many of you were there, but David called for us to come up to the front. Each one of us had a turn on the microphone to pray over the city of Tarentum. And, um, boy, this just spoke to me. And I thought, ooh, ooh, okay, this is good. This is good. This is the Lord. Okay, so going on in chapter 3, then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? Whoa, and when I read that, ooh, I mean, um, I know one of my goals was to have a beautiful big home. And um, my husband and my ex-husband and I went into home building together. And so we built 27 homes together. And I was really into home building. You know, so when I saw this, this really spoke to me. Um, I really felt like you needed to have a home. Everyone needed to have a nice home. And for me, it was very, very high on my list of goals. Um, and, you know, while I was focused on building homes, was I focusing on building the house of the Lord? Not so much. So the Lord goes on to say, Consider your ways. You have sown much, but harvest little. 
You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And and he who earns, earns wages to put into a purse with holes. And I was thinking, you know, again, this is very common. You hear a lot of people say, oh, my goodness, it doesn't. it seems like no matter how hard I work, I never have enough. No matter what I do, it never seems to really work out for me. And it's because God has an order. He has... His word has gone forth, and here it is before us, and his word will never return unto him void. Just because it's in the Old Testament doesn't matter. It is a word of the Lord. And when we, did, when we neglect building the temple, which is our Holy uh, the temple is us, our body, since we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, or we neglect building the church body, or we neglect building the cities in which we live, spiritually, pouring into them, then we will work, we will sow, that there won't be enough. There just will never be enough. It was like, it will, it'll be like, um, the money just falls out, right? We've all experienced that. So thus says the Lord of hosts in chapter se- uh, verse seven, again, consider your ways. He said it two times. So now I'm really listening. Go up to the mountains, bring wood and rebuild the temple that I may be pleased with it and be glorified. So he put a command to the people. Um, you look for much, but behold, it comes too little. When you bring it home, I blow it away. Wow, he blows it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts? Because my house, which lies desolate, well, each of you runs to his own house. So I think this is speaking to everyone, and I think we've experienced it all at one point or another in our lives, where we focus on the things, our immediate goals, our short-term goals, and maybe a long-term goal would be prosperity and also to then focus on the Lord at, at a later time when, when we're when we're settled and we have all our goals met. And those can include education, getting um, degrees, um, working, having a family, building small businesses. You know, this is this is what we do in America. And then we think, oh, and then I'll have time, you know, to focus on the Lord because, gee, my day is, is too busy. I, I got to get up. I have to take you know, take care of the kids. I have to go to college. I have to work myself through college, whatever your case may be. Um, I'm working on my business. It's 20, you know, 12 hours a day. It takes up all my time. When do I have time for the Lord? I'm sorry. I mean, this is just natural, right? I mean, I have to provide for myself. But he says, no. He says, no. He says, in fact, if you do that, I will blow it away. And he goes on to say, therefore, because of you, The sky has withheld its dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. Now, Dan's teaching was all about um, the toiling the ground, which was amazing. So I recommend all of you to listen into that, and this fits in very well. But it's interesting to me that he personified the sky and the earth as actually being able to withhold. And I know this could be just a literary device, but it also makes you think, whoa, you know, when his word goes forth and he created the sky and he created the earth, his word, just like, you know, within each plant and in, within each seed has the has everything that it needs to reproduce itself. God doesn't have to continuously set forth his word. His word has already gone forth and it will not return to him void, which means when he created the sky, there were bi- biblical principles that went along with it. When he created the earth, there were biblical principles that went along with it. And it's really cool to think for, for a moment that the sky could actually withhold. And the earth can actually withhold based upon the God, what God's word has said, what God, and they are, they are obeying the voice of the Lord in, in fact, in a way. So in verse 11, he actually 
Oops, I got to plug in. He called for a drought on the land, on the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, what the ground produces, on men, on cattle, and all the labor of your hands. Now, the Lord calls a drought on all those things. So he's saying, because you haven't focused on rebuilding my temple and you've focused on your own little goals of rebuilding your own houses, um, I actually am going to call for a drought, a drought upon everything that you're trying to do. And um, when I thought of that, I thought, oh, my goodness. I'm trying to plug in right now. Sorry about that. Okay. I thought, wow. Okay. So when we don't focus on rebuilding his temple, which is us spending time in the secret place, reading his word, and then in turn developing ourselves as a servant so that we can then go forth and um, serve a church body and a community, rebuild a community. Then there will be a drought on the land. It won't produce on the mountains. Now, what do the mountains mean? The mountains to me mean that um, those are the seven mountains, right? The seven mountains. Remember, we've talked about that. Lance Walno teaches on that. Leanna Sanquinta came, and she taught on the seven uh, spheres of influence, right? The church, the medical community, the educational body, the media, um, and so on. So when we're saying to ourselves, why are these seven mountains in such disarray? We have to look at those three fingers that are pointing back at us when we're pointing the finger at someone else and say, whoa, am I building my temple? Am I building the temple of the Lord? Am I focusing on my own self? And he is saying here that he calls for a drought in these areas. He calls for a drought on the grain. And I thought to myself, wow, okay. So in the Old Testament, grain, and today as well, grain is used for bread. And we know that Jesus is the bread of life. His word is bread, okay? He is the word. So sometimes you may think, geez, you know, why is it that I'm trying to read this Bible in this little 15-minute period that I give the Lord each day because I'm so busy with all my other things maybe, but we've all been there. We've all done it. But when we say, I just don't understand it, I just don't get it, why don't I understand his word? Well, if you're not building the temple, you're not spending time in his presence and really establishing a place for the Holy Spirit to dwell, you're not going to be able to understand the word. It's like there's a drought that's been called on the on the, the new wine and on the oil. And, of course, like we reviewed last night and like we know, the new wine and the oil represent the Holy Spirit. So we say to ourselves, whoa, okay, so there's a drought on the Holy Spirit because I'm not investing in time and building my temple and the temple of the Lord and, and the community that I live in. The, the drought, you may feel like you're not experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You're not experiencing his presence. The sevenfold manifestation of the Holy Spirit is presence, wisdom, understanding, um, counsel, might, and knowledge and fear of the Lord. So if there's areas in there that we're lacking, we can say, oh, okay, there's a drought in that area because the Lord is called a drought in that area because we're not investing enough time in building his temple. And then it goes on to say um, on what the ground produces, so it's like, okay, no matter how hard I work, no matter how hard I try, I'm just not seeing any fruit. I'm not seeing the fruit. What does the ground produce? The ground produces fruit. So um, on men, a drought on men, and I'm not sure, it may mean the bringing in of the men. You know, you know, we, we sit there and we say, oh, you know, Lord, you know, um, we're all the people. We're all the people, you know, and it just, there's so many principles here. We could say, well. Rebuild your temple. Rebuild yourself. Focus first on you. 
rebuilding you as the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is reading his word, worshiping, praising, um, prayer, and spending time in the secret place, just waiting on the Lord. And you will see he will bring the people to us because in Acts it says that when we, when they participated as a church body, they were meeting daily in the temple, daily, daily meeting in the temple. They were fellowshipping together and sharing bread, which is the word of God, and um, going from house to house, which is in the community. They weren't just in one little spot keeping themselves together. But they were actually out rebuilding the city, just like we want to do for Tarentum, just like David has spearheaded, and we all have spearheaded in this church body. But just like we have been um, reminded of last night that we were praying for the city, when we do that, um, it says in Acts, I think it's Acts 2 or 4, I think it might be Acts 4, I'm not sure, but he will add to the church daily. He will add, he will bring the men on the cattle and on all the labor of your hands. The cattle, as we know, produce meat and, and fruit, I'm sorry, and, and milk for us. Um, it's our substance, right? It's our food and all the labor of your hands, meaning it's like, seems like no matter how hard I work, I don't see the fruit of my labor. I don't see any uh, any benefits of what I've done. So he will he will call for a drought on that. How about that? Isn't that amazing? Now, here's the good news though. Zerubbabel and all the, the high priest and all the people obeyed the voice of the Lord and the words of the prophet Haggai, and they showed reverence for the Lord. It's so simple. Simply obey and show reverence for him. And then it goes on to say in verse 14, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the spirit of the priest and the spirit of all the people. He stirred up their spirit and they were encouraged and energized and they had the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge to go about the building. They were able to source out everything that they needed. This this is what God does. He stirs your mind. Okay, then in chapter two, the Lord goes on to say. I, in verse 7, I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the wealth of all the nations, and I will fill this house with my glory. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, and the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. So, wow, does that mean that people are going to be bringing money into our house, into our into our church body, and into our um, school of passion, so that we can, in turn, rebuild the temple that God has wanted in that city of Tarentum. He promises to bring the silver and the gold, and he promises to restore the glory. Beautiful and amazing, right? Okay, so moving on in chapter 19, I'm sorry, in verse, chapter 2, verse 19, he, he asked a question, and I had to ponder this for a while, and I said, what does this mean? What does this mean, Lord? In, cha- in verse 19, it says, is the seed still in the barn? And what this means is, is that no matter how far we may stray from rebuilding our temple for the Holy Spirit, no matter how far we may stray as a church body or as a city, that the seed is still there. The seed is still there because he has the, was the one that put the seed in there. And all he's asking us to do is water that seed. All he's asking us to do is to rebuild And that process begins with turning our face to him, obeying his word, listening to his prophet, showing reverence for him, reading his word, spending time in the secret place, 
worship and praise. And because that seed is still there, he that he placed, he says, from this day on, I will bless you. And this is where it gets really exciting. In verse 22, let's go back to verse 21. It says, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow the thrones of kingdoms and destroy the power of the kingdoms of the nations. And I will overthrow the chariots and their riders and the horses and their riders will go down. Everyone by the sword of another. This is a spiritual representation for us that when we begin to build the house, he will bless us and he will take care of and overthrow the thrones of the kingdoms of darkness. How about that? He says, I will shake and then I will take and then I will make. He will shake up the heavens and the earth and overthrow the kingdoms of darkness for us because that's what he wants to do. He is the one that delivers us. In Psalm chapter uh, 40, it says that when I incline my ear to the Lord, he heard my cry. He delivered me out of the pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock and gave me a new song. The Lord is the one who wants to deliver the people of Tarentum out of the darkness. All he's asking us to do is to rebuild and to obey. He will stir up our spirit. He promises in his word. He is the one that stirs up our spirit. He is the one that brings the resources. He will take them out of Egypt and he will give them to us. He is the one that restores the glory. He is the one that blesses. He is the one that shakes and overthrows. He is the one that takes us. Because in verse 23, it says, On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, my servant, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you. Wow. He will make, for, he will make us a signet ring. What does that mean? Signet rings were used by kings which designated their authority. They used to have a little emblem, and they would seal things with their emblem, and only they had it. So everyone would know that it was truth, and it was authentic from the king. So when we have a signet ring, he has given us authority, he has given us honor, and he has given, he owns us. That's what it tells the Lord. And it also tells all the other powers of the universe that we are owned by the king of kings, and we have authority and honor. How about that? And that's what we want. That's what we want. We want to be this signet ring because we know he has chosen us. So how do we get there? It's very simple. The book of Haggai opens it up for us. And here we are just reading this and and feeding on this word. So I hope this encourages you today. You have been chosen. And the Lord wants to make you a signet ring. And the Lord wants to take you, his servant. Because he wants to overthrow all the principalities and powers that are in your life and in others' lives around you. He wants to use you. He wants to bless. He wants to give peace. He wants to fill with glory. He wants to restore your prosperity. He wants to stir up your spirit. He wants to speak to you because he loves you. So I bless you. I thank you, Lord, for your word. You are able. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this word. We agree. We decide and we we have chosen to obey you and your prophet. We thank you for the voice of your Lord. We thank you for your voice through your Holy Spirit. And we praise you and worship you. And we say yes. We say yes. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.